And welcome back to the Sports Booth podcast. Once again, you are joined by myself, Luke Bowden, and my co-host, Hugh Z. How are you, Hugh Z? Hello, hello. Uh, look, I, uh, as a person, I'm all right. As an Australian rugby fan, I'm a bit iffy, but <laughs> you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, uh, a lot to talk about this week. We obviously just had the Super Round in Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, which we will get deeply into discussion over um, how that went. And we've got NRL Round 7, which hasn't quite mm. finished, um, as we've got two games on on, a, on an Anzac day. Uh, but yes, yep. it, it was it was an interesting week of sports, so we'll get straight into it. We're, we'll get straight into it, especially Super Rugby, because it was a, I think it was a very good weekend of, of coming together. Mm. Um, it was a competitive weekend, although... You know, a couple of the scorelines blew out at the end. It was it was definitely a competitive re- weekend, and it showed that yeah. it's not quite going to be the cakewalk. I think that uh, many New Zealanders fought. So to run you through the results: yep. Chiefs fifty-one versus the Waratahs twenty-seven, Blues thirty-five versus mm. the Duda eighteen, Hurricanes thirty versus the Reds seventeen, Highlanders seventeen versus Brumbies twenty-eight, and Crusaders forty-two versus Rebels seventeen. Let's start with the first game. Husey as a Waratahs fan, thirty to twenty-seven. Yeah. I was a little nervous. Take me through your thoughts. Look, the the cards definitely came into play in that game. Um, and look, you can debate the fairness of the calls or, or whatever it is, but I think the Waratahs showed a really good amount of fight to keep it as close as it was for a long time. I think at one point there was it was only a two-point difference. Um, and then going into halftime, uh, after having two cards at the same time, so 15 on 13, the Waratahs only conceded 15 points in that time, which is pretty, you know, against a Kiwi team, it's pretty incredible to do. Against any team, that's pretty stout work to... Um, to not concede more than that. Um, and they, they fought all the way through. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the Chiefs are the better team at the end of the day, uh, for sure. But I think the result is not reflective of how um, competitive was the, the way through. And I think that is that was sort of the first uh, warning shot for the weekend for the for the New Zealand teams that, as you said, it's not going to be as, as easy as maybe they first thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I 100% agree. I watched that game... Um... I, I came into it late and just saw the red card and I was like, oh no, what's happened here? I think yeah. to start off that it is a red card in today's day and age. It was a, probably one of the softer mm. red cards. Obviously he has tipped them up, but yeah, it is it is a soft red card in today's day and age. However, it is mm. a red card. It's just unfortunate. I think, again, yep. like you said, to, to not give up too many points and to be down 30-27 and actually have the momentum kind of in your, in your category, I will say I think... I saw a stat, and you, it was it was when it was like thirty twenty that mm. you had made double tackles as Chiefs, and I was like, "You're going to, you know, you can't hold on to this." So I think it, as bad as fifty one points, conceding fifty one points, you've got to be kind of happy with your defensive effort. Mm. With again, like you said, two men in the bin, um, and I think yeah, for the Waratahs, for where the Waratahs were last year to where they are now, and I remember watching that Hurricanes yep. Waratahs game, and I was like, "This is." Atrocious. I, they're massive improvement to be at that game thirty twenty seven. I think you just again ran out of steam with 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 making too many tackles. You lost a hooker. You had goldie oldie scrum at the end there. So I think you've got a lot you can take away from it, and a lot I think Darren Coleman will be very happy with uh, against a good Chiefs side as well. Like that wasn't a uh, a bad Chiefs side. So I think there was a lot no. like you said. It was a shot that was fired to say hey. This isn't going to be such a cakewalk, and and I guess it was well backed up then by the by the Fiji Endura as well, where a very hot Blues team came into the game and struggled mm. to 
to get away from this unit team. Yeah, they kept it close uh, most of the way through. And yeah, I think it's it's very impressive to, to only lose by 17 points there uh, against the, the form side in the competition right now. And, and what I love as well is, as I said, I said I'm worried for the Australian team when they run into these New Zealand teams and they play with their flair and then balls get dropped and New Zealand teams take, you know, length of the field tries. Well, what happened, you know, 14 of those 35 points, one was an intercept and one was a bad pass that hit the deck and was picked up and scooped on for, for 60 mm. metres. So if you take those away, it's a 21-18 game and the Dura are right in that fight and they still played their their flary style, one grubber kick to an offload to this and that. So mm. again, a great show from the Fiji and Dura side and probably the highlight of, 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 of the weekend just about. Barrett got absolutely leveled <laughs> as well, which is a great thing to see. Yeah, as an Australian, great tackle. to see that. As a New Zealander, I'm yeah. like, wrap him in bubble wrap, please. <laughs> uh, then we go into to probably just about the game of the round of the Brumbies hadn't, hadn't got the win, where it was a Reds team who were on fire for 40 minutes of a game and going up 17-0 yeah. to just capitulate and just... Uh, again, it was funny, as a, as a Hurricane supporter, as as all of you mm. should know by now that I am, I sat there down 17-0 and I wasn't too worried. I still was like, this game is, hasn't got away from us yet. If they had scored again to make it 24 no, I might have got a little bit nervous, but I was like, we can still win this game. And, and as we did, came back and, and did win it with 30 unanswered points. But... As a Queensland supporter and an yeah. Australian rugby, you've got to be disappointed because that's you know one of your top two teams with a seventeen point lead and uh, blowing mm. it that way. It was tough. Yeah, I think it highlights the the biggest um, issue with the Reds this season is their is their consistency. Um, you sort of look at the top two Australian teams, the Reds and the Brumbies, and you sort of know what you're going to get the, from the Brumbies every time. Whereas the Reds have got a bit of a higher peak but a lower trough as well, and um, the the Brumbies, as, I mean, as we saw against the Highlanders, will take games off the New Zealand teams, but the Reds have got the ability to take the games off the top New Zealand teams if they stay consistent or when they're on, when they're firing on all cylinders. But yeah, to to let in 30 unanswered uh, and score no points and a half after shutting out your opponent for one half is just unacceptable. And I'm, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure Coach Brad Thorne will not be very happy about that yeah and, and you're 100 right. i mean we talked about this on, on, a, on a previous podcast where we said they can't do this to new zealand teams when they were letting the dura back yeah. into it the rebels back into it and then this is what they did i will say i think losing james o'connor has made a big difference as as as, as much as yeah. lawson crates and tried and, and wasn't wasn't bad on the day it's just it's that's that's not i don't believe it's his normal position I, every time he's come on the field he's been a winger or fullback um so i think it, it, that's a big loss of the reds team um going forward for the canes we we know now this whole season they're bad starters they, they came back against the blues they've come back against just about every damn team to win a game so for the canes if they want to win this tournament they can't let teams get 17 point starts against them um so that's that's a big one from me for for them uh but then we move into the the highlight of every Australian rugby, or I guess <laughs> the highlight, the saviour of every Australian rugby fan, uh, the Brumbies mm. beating the Highlanders 28-17. I think a lot of, a lot of um, you know, one-eyed New Zealand fans were kind of going, we're, we're going to sweep at this point. You know, the Highlanders are definitely better. They just had a tough start to the, to the season, had a tough draw. Uh, that was proven incorrect uh, as the Brumbies put on a classy performance. And like you said, it was it was that performance of consistency. You knew they were, you know what you're going to get from the Brumbies and they were consistently, and they were just better than the Highlanders on the day. 
Yeah, and that's what all the the commentators and analysts said as well. Is that they were just they were clinical. They were, they were they, they executed well. They did what they needed to do. They took care of business and walked out of there. Look, the the other two, even though I picked three Aussie teams the, this week, I'm not too surprised about the Waratahs and the Reds results. Like those were ones that you know I, I thought if the Australian teams are really going to threaten this year, they need to win those games. But it's 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 more likely falling the way the New Zealand teams. The, if the Brumbies had lost to the Highlanders, then there would have been a really big issue for the, the Aussie teams for, for this competition. And all hope really of Aussie teams taking the game would have gone down the drain. Um, so it was a necessary win for the Brumbies. Um, and I think going forward, they represent the the best chance to take some games off the, off the teams uh, from New Zealand Uh Consistently, and that, that's that's the key word with them and the Reds is consistency. Yeah, and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting because that was obviously at the moment the weakest New Zealand side of you. you the Highlands are, yeah. even though you know they lost by like two points to the Crusaders, they lost by a point to the Hurricanes. They are considered the weakest side um, because they've only won one game against Moana Pacifica. So where the Brumbies go to next, they've got the Hurricanes next, which is a great test, I think, because if you go there's yeah. the the Blues. Blues and Crusaders are at the top. Then you've got the Chiefs, then the Hurricanes, and then the Highlanders. So it's kind of they've got they've got lucky with this draw where they can go stepping stone to stepping stone. Can they back it up? And then I guess for the Reds, they've got the Chiefs, who again are in that middle of the pack. Can the Reds actually show us something? Um, I am mm. again. This Highlander season is going to be interesting from now because they really needed to win that game to send more of a statement to the New Zealand teams that they can still beat them. Not like they can't beat a team on their day. Of course they can. They now go to uh, Fiji and to Suva and have to play the Jura at home in, in Suva where it's going to be absolutely mental. So I'm kind of like, well, I'm a, a little bit nervous for, for what the Highlanders' yeah. season looks like now. But again, good game for the Brumbies, good win for them. Last game, yep. Crusaders versus Rebels. Everyone had this as a at least a 30-point win to the Crusaders. The Crusaders were going to come in and wallop them. 7-3 at half time. Mm. The Rebels had put on a... A staunch performance in front of their home fans um, to get blown out in the second half, 42-17, yeah. which Crusaders do what the Crusaders do. Yeah, it's a bit of uncharacteristic mistakes from the Crusaders in the first half as well. A lot of dropped balls to the point that was joking on the commentary team that they'd cover the ball in um, grease or animal fat or something. But no, it was just a, the Crusaders were just making some uncharacteristic mistakes and the Rebels were defending really, really well. Um, the Rebels, though, didn't really have much in the way of attack. And, yeah, then the second half, sort of back to back to reality a bit. Yeah, I mean, that was that was funny. I was listening to the game on radio um, as I drove home. And the Crusaders, no, the, the Rebels hooker had just scored a second try of the season with the, their first try. And that was more than any other back in the Rebels team for the whole season because they had scored zero tries on their backs. Which I was like, that's yeah. a, an absolutely incredible set. Like, as 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 much as I harp on about the Rebels, they've been very close to a lot of teams, and you know they went close to the Reds, and they had you know this at halftime was right there. They just they just seem to be missing stuff, and we said it at preseason that there's just something. You look at this Rebels team, and you're not you're not that threatened by it. I think in the end, no. Uh, let's move into a couple of questions then. I have so obviously Super Round, all the games played in Melbourne over three days. Crowd turn up wasn't great. If you've watched the games on TV, you would have yeah. seen that. Yeah, there wasn't 
a plethora of fans sitting in the in the stadium. It was the upper deck wasn't even sold. I think they found they got thirty thousand through for the three days, um, just about tad over thirty thousand. So that was disappointing. The rugby was was good. I think competitive is a good way to describe it. I like mm. Justin Wilson saying yes, there was far too many penalties, far too many drop balls and scrums. There was. It wasn't like it was free flowing rugby, although we had moments of it. Would you consider it a success, Husey? I think it was a good first attempt. I think they will learn from it. I feel the timing was not great because previous weekend we'd had Easter. People had already gone away and used some holiday vacation time. How willing are people going to be to travel to to Melbourne for another uh, weekend away when they've just had Easter? So I know that the timing of it was because, you know, we had Australian versus Australian start of the season, New Zealand versus New Zealand start of the season. I think next season they've got to mix it back up again with not just have and mix up when the Aussie and New Zealand teams play, um, not just have Aussie versus Aussie, New Zealand versus New Zealand at the start of the season and do the Super Round earlier uh, in the year before Easter. Well, um, well saying that, and, there is talks of that. So it's going to apparently happen week two next year before NRL yeah. and AFL has kicked off, which is even bigger, I think. Yeah, I think... As, as much as... Exactly. Been. Yeah, and so I think I think this year was probably not their first choice to have it this weekend, but it was sort of... There's no other good time to have it. Um, and it was sort of used as a... Uh, let's, uh, let's kick off the Trans-Tasman again, uh, a big event like that. So in that regard, I think it... It, it wasn't a huge success. I think it was successful for introducing the concept. Um, I think NRL did it better. The like NRL Magic Round um, has been really uh, amazing. Um, and this year is going to be be good as well. Uh, so I think they're, they're, it was a, it's a good concept. I think they just need to refine the, the execution a bit better. Um, and yeah, I'd, I, I'd like to see it in Sydney, maybe just because I'm Sydney biased. But as well, Sydney is halfway between Queensland and Victoria as well, where and there's there's two teams in New South Wales uh, as well, counted the counted the Brumbies. So I think it's the centre point of all of that. With NRL Magic Round, I understand it going to Brisbane because Brisbane is just a is a fully rugby league sort of town. They've got the the venue for it as well with Suncorp Stadium being one of the better ones. But now that a core stadiums coming back. You've also got Comeback Stadium, um, and then the the football stadium is going to be opening back up again soon. I, I think yeah, I'd like to see it in Sydney um, because I think that's also New South Wales is the centre of rugby in Australia, so I think it needs to be there. Um, and if you're doing it ahead of the NRL and AFL next year, then you can do it in Sydney. I can understand why you couldn't do it in Sydney the, um, this year. Uh, Easter show. Uh, NRL, et cetera, et cetera. Makes sense. Um, I did like that there's a lot of rugby league personalities that went and watched it. Like Craig Bellamy was there. Uh, Nelson <laughs> Solomonic. Yeah, I can't pronounce his last name. Big Nelson was there. Uh, and he's actually caught up with Suli uh, Vunavalu, um, who used to play, they used to play together. So I thought that was really cool to see was the blending of the, um, the codes there. And... Uh, but and then you know having the the teams go through. I like the super round idea. I think that's really cool. Um, and it also sort of harkens back to like junior rugby competitions where you have the 
um, all the sides coming out and playing out of one ground. Yeah, there might be multiple ovals there, but you have them all at the same ground and you can see all the various different teams. There. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, just more refinement needed. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think it was it wasn't a success, although it wasn't perfect, like you said, time-wise yeah. and stuff. I, I, I really don't understand the three-day rhetoric of it. I go two days at six games, three day, games each day. Yeah. I, I think that... That yeah, would work a lot better um, doing over two days, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so that's yeah. my thought on that. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think the same thing, like you said. I know it's it's going to be in Melbourne again next year because they've got a two year deal with the Melbourne company that they um, yeah leased it out to. Because the New Zealand Rugby Union actually owns Super Round, which I was reading, mm. and they've leased it out to a company who runs it, and then they've leased it out to Melbourne to um, Victoria government, who kind of said, "Yeah, we want it." Um, it was. It was a little bit disappointing, and it, it'll make me believe. Unless if it doesn't go again, doesn't have big numbers turnouts, uh, I think it leaves Melbourne. I think when you saw thirty thousand across three days through the door, and then you saw the Carlton, Carlton versus Richmond game get seventy thousand people full, it's it's yep. probably just attacking the wrong area. And like you've said, rugby league super round is in um, Queensland, so why not try and say, yeah, okay, Sydney, New South Wales is is where we're gonna run this joint and make sure that let's get it yep. down here again. There's enough say Combank can do it. I think they'll, they'll definitely host one in New Zealand and I think that would be huge in New Zealand. Um, yeah. So I think, I think yeah, it's, it's definitely around to stay. I love it. I love the idea of it. Um, just, yeah, like you said, the execution, it sounds like from the reports I read, there wasn't much entertainment during halves and during games and stuff like that. So just missing yeah. a few things. So again, first year to do it, first year tested with all the disruptions of COVID and stuff. Next year, better than ever, um, um, should be definitely be the headline or, or their, their pitch. Um, but I think a success mm. in the idea of it. Yes. Um, so that is that is the rundown, I guess, rugby union, um, the big results and, and, and round that it was in week 10. Let's move on to the NRL, um, where we have round seven. We haven't quite finished round seven, uh, like I mentioned. We still have the Dragons and the Roosters and Zach Day Clash alongside the Warriors and Melbourne's in our uh, Anzac Day Clash um, to go this afternoon. But we will talk about all the mm-hmm. games that happened pre. Um, I will start again with my good, bad, and ugly. Uh, what I thought was good for the round. The Tigers, they did it again. They did it again. Yeah. No one would have picked it, uh, but they got the boys up and they another drop goal by Luke Brooks. I mean, Jackson Hastings just been phenomenal um, for them. You know, yeah. Every game he's played in, he's been the best player for the Tigers, I think. Um, and when they, when he was suspended for those three weeks, they were really lost. So uh, he's been huge. Luke Brooks seems to be being a bit better now that he's been put at six, so there's pressure with Hastings stepping up and taking some of that. So that's really good. That was my good. I thought it's good to see the Tigers doing well. Uh, what was the band? Uh, there's no there's no hiding from this. It was my Gold Coast Titans. Uh, yeah. That was fucking horrendous um, to go even a step further than bad. Uh, 30 to 4, I sat there with my mates uh, on Saturday uh, having a couple of beverages as he's a Cowboys fan and we watched in anticipation mm. of the game. And to see what I saw with my own two eyes, it hurt my soul. It was bad. Uh, I don't think we've looked this bad for a while. And with what we had from last year, and it was like, yeah, we're taking another step forward. We're giving all the keys to the city to good old Toby Sexton. It was bad. They were bad. Uh, it was bad. We were bad. We've been bad this whole season. Like, I think you look at all the games we've played, you know, yeah, we've been in game against the Eels, but the Eels, as much as, as good as they were this week, haven't 
hundred percent said they're the best team in the comp yet. Our win, our two wins, um, second one was against the Tigers, which again, again, we got very lucky to have two wins. I'm just in there. I'm like, yeah. God damn it! You'd rather just about be a, a Tiger supporter than a Titan supporter at the moment, which is just scary to think. So that was my bad. I've got my yeah. my Titan shit out of the way. The ugly, um, it has to be. I think the Newcastle Knights. Now, all of we talked about it in the last podcast, the Caelan Palmer situation, yeah. all of that. They lost to the Dragons. Boom, he signed for five years. Excellent. It's all done. And you go and get beaten 39 to 2. I don't I thought we were bad. They were ugly. If there was ever an ugly, yeah. that was ugly. Yes. So that is my ugly for, for the round. Just the, the whole situation of the Newcastle Knights. It's 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 like, mm. oh, maybe you'd rather be a Tiger supporter than a Titan supporter right now. But I'd much rather be a Titan supporter than a Knight supporter at the moment. Than a Knight supporter. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, we're very closely aligned there. A lot of those were going to be my good, bad, and ugly. Uh, but I'm so I'm going to sort of um, change up uh, a little bit here. So my good was the Cronulla Sharks. Um, obviously, that first half just absolute domination <laughs> against the Sea Eagles. Sea Eagles came back a little bit, but they they held them off. I think the Sharks it was a good bounce back for them after losing to the Melbourne Storm, and I still think they'll be a top four side. Don't they're not quite up there with the Panthers and the Storm yet, but. They're 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 getting there. Um, they're doing really well for for a side under a new coach. How good's what's his name? Talakai. Holy moly, that was a yeah. that was a half yeah. football. Good player. <laughs> yep. Um, my my bad is the Gold Coast Titans as well. <laughs> now I'm actually going to there's a, there's a thing in uh, in in the NFL media where they um, they call it forking, where you put a fork in someone and say they're not making the playoffs. So I'm going to put a fork in the Gold Coast Titans, and I'm saying they're not making the finals this year. Because I started looking back after that game, I'm like, man, the Titans, I can't believe the Titans, they've actually won some games this year. And I'm like, no, they haven't really. They've beaten the Warriors and they've beaten the Tigers. And that's about, that's it. Like, they had a close game against the Eels, sure, but then uh, they lost to the Raiders, then uh, they lost to the Eels again, then they lost to Manly, and it's like they're not beating these top eight sides, and they're struggling against the bottom eight sides as well. Something is wrong in the Gold Coast, and I am I'm putting my foot down and saying the Titans aren't making the eight this year. I think I it's just screen it's, it's ugly. Screen recording this moment, and I'm keeping it's, this it's on the podcast in my back pocket. It's on the podcast, of course, it's being recorded. And I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna pull it out when we do make that. <laughs> okay, uh, good, good luck. Um, it's just, it's just bad footy at the moment. It's just bad from the Titans. Uh, they have these moments where you think, okay, there's so much talent and individual brilliance here, but it's just not coming together as a team. It's not consistent. It's bad defense. You've got two Queensland Origin stars in your forward pack in Fafita and Tino, one of whom is your captain, and it just looks terrible. It just doesn't look good. Uh, so something is wrong in the Gold Coast. I don't know what it is, but it's similar to whatever's wrong uh, in Belmore with the Bulldogs, uh, who were also bad this weekend. Um, they had they had moments where they looked good, but then they just crumbled away like the Bulldogs. Super. We already knew about that about the Bulldogs. They they didn't the Bulldogs didn't have the weight of expectation coming into this season that the Titans did though. The Titans it was supposed to be this is their year. They've got all the pieces together. Fafita's had a year to get into the system. Tino's getting into the system. So on and so forth. No. It's just not. It's not happening for the Titans. Uh, my ugly for the round is once again the Canberra Raiders. Just I know it's the Penrith Panthers, but I mean, 
with a, to the point where the opposition crowd is doing your signature chant against you, the Viking clap and everything like that. It's just bad. Ricky blowing up in the in the press conference afterwards. Uh, Jack White on report. <laughs> Ugly from the Canberra Raiders. <laughs> Ugly from the Canberra Raiders. And but that again comes back to what I said in our preseason uh, show. There's just something wrong with the Raiders this year. And I'm glad to see you finally learned and didn't pick the Raiders this week. I did pick the Raiders. You didn't pick the Raiders. You did pick the Raiders. <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought, there you go. Thing, I drew a line in the sand and I said, if they were ever going to turn up after last week's fucking embarrassment, they were going to turn yeah. up against the Premiers and show what I believe that they had, the talent that they had, they were going to show it against the Penrith Panthers. No. And what we witnessed was not what I <laughs> not what I needed. Uh, so yes, it was no. it was an embarrassment. I would say the Raiders sit second bottom on the ladder at the moment, only above the Bulldogs. Even the Knights, who have lost five in a row, are above the Raiders. The Tigers are above the Knights and the Raiders at the moment. Um, I mean, we might that might change with the Dragons playing this afternoon. They might drop down there, or they might go up. Who knows? But yeah, let's let's just say this. It's embarrassing. Let's say this. All right. Let's be honest. I picked, obviously, Titans as uh, my team, and then I picked the Raiders to do mm. well, and they're both in a very similar position. So you like you think about the Raiders as, as you think about the Titans. You go, oh, but they've played some hard teams. Well, not really. They played the Sharks first up and got a lucky win on the last play, yeah? So yeah. They, they got lucky with that one because the Sharks, without a coach at the time, well, not, not without a coach at the time, yeah. they're there. New, new halfback, like, lots of changes. Lots of changes, team. everything yeah. there, okay? The Cowboys, they played second week, lost. Titans. That was that was horrific. Yeah. That one. T- that was a horrific loss. Titans. Yeah. They come back and win and got very lucky against what we're realizing now is a bad Titans team. Sea Eagles lost. Yeah. Storm a bit of a fight but lost last week up twelve nil lost to the Cowboys again. So two losses to the Cowboys. Then the Panthers. Mm. You go as bad as like everyone thought the Cowboys were going to be bad and they've shown they just put pumped us. So I can't can't sit here and say too much about them. I say I do remember saying that watch out for Todd Payton because he is. He knows his, he knows rugby league, but mm. both these Raiders and Titans are at the same position, and it's bad. It's not it's not a good p- position to be yeah. in. Like you look at that team, and on paper you go, yeah, that's a good team. You know, as it, you can say what you want about Ricky, but he's not a bad coach. Like as much as he may just be a, a middle of the ground coach, he's not a bad coach. Same I think with Justin Holbrook. Yeah. he may be a middle of the ground coach. He's not a bad coach. I've seen what he's done with our team, and I go, he's not a bad coach. So, so like you said, something's wrong with both of these teams at the moment. They're lucky it's only week seven, and they've got a bit of time to work it out. But can they work it out will be the big question. Yeah, absolutely. It's just there. Yeah, there's there's something wrong there. I don't know quite what it is. You look at the Bulldogs, you sort of know what their issues are. You know where their holes are. You know where they've got to improve. And they're addressing those in the, the years to come. Reed Marnie's coming in, Viliami Kakao. You can sort of see growth potential from the Bulldogs. I like that they are starting to open up a bit more in attack. Addo Carr's gotten a lot of tries the last couple of weeks, which is really good to see. It's there, there's You can see sort of a, a plan for the Bulldogs a little bit. So as frustrated as Bulldogs fans will be and are, and I know because I'm related <laughs> to one, uh, they, you, you could, you, they, one, they've come to expect it. Two, they knew going into the season that they were going to get this. But three, they see the vision for the future, which makes it all a bit more palatable. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the things as a Dragons fan, you, at the moment you're a bit like, "What's the plan?" kind of thing. You don't really understand sort of what's going on uh, behind the scenes there. So, with the with the Titans and the Raiders, well, especially with the Titans, you look at that team and you look at the talent they've all got, and you just think, "Well, where do we go from here?" We've got 
we should we should, on paper we've got the, all the pieces, but the puzzle is not coming together. Yeah, and I, I've got a couple of questions that have come from that. But one of the big things I think, and the reasons I think both the Titans and the Raiders are struggling, is because of one name missing. And it's funny because his name's Jamal Fogarty, and I think him not mm-hmm. being in the Titans is showing that okay, well, that was a big loss, and him not being available to play for the Raiders is showing as much as. As well as Brad Schneider's going, and I don't want to take anything away from the young buck himself, but Jamal Fogarty seems that maybe he should be paid a little bit more from everyone and get a bit more respect, for, especially from the Titans fans mm. who kind of thought, oh yeah, we'll be all right. And now the Raiders fans, I mean, they need to get him back as quickly as possible. And I'm sure he's doing everything he can, but I believe it was a, a three, four month uh, injury. So I think that name yeah. is, is one that I go, God, oh, both of those teams are missing that player. Question I had now that you brought up Ado yeah. Carr and the Bulldogs and as much as you said, yes, there's a future. Talk of Adogar Carr going into the fullback position to get more ball. And he looked he looked his best, had his best game on uh, um, the, um, Friday, I think it was, or Thursday, um, against the uh, Broncos. Adogar at fullback, thoughts? Mm, I mean, that was supposedly like the, the big thing about him wanting to leave the Storm is he wanted to play fullback and the Storm basically said it's not happening here. As well as him going up to and you're supposed to be around family. I I don't think the issue would be Adokar at fullback. I think it would be who's on the, the wing then. Because the other starting winger, Ockenbohr, is definitely not the most popular uh, bloke around Canterbury-Bankstown. Um, and it, it is, all, is a question mark that's perennially hanging over their head. So it's just then, well, where does the, the threat on the outside then come from? Now, maybe Bulldogs fans who know their uh, lower grade sides or their juniors a bit better than I do might have an answer there for me. But uh, that would be my concern with the switches and who plays, who takes his spot on the wing. Um, look, Matt Dufty hasn't played amazing footy by any stretch. I think he's been solid, but... Yeah, I mean, he has his issues. There's a reason he was let go by the Dragons um, and was allowed to walk. Uh, yeah, I th- Matt, Matt Dufty thrives when everything else is going right around him. He's not the person to make everything else go right. Uh, and I don't know if Adokar can be that, but, I mean, I guess for the Bulldogs, I mean, what have you got to lose? Exactly, right? Yeah, like, 100%. may as well try it. Like, what have you got to lose? And may as well, and I think that's that's a bit of an issue is that coaches never want to look like they're have thrown the towel in on the season even so early, like especially so early. But and so they always want to be like, oh, we're trying to win every game now, rather than be like, oh, well, yeah, we're trying out some new players, see how they go. You may, we, you know, it might cost us this game, but we we can see how the players go. You, no one ever wants to hear that from the coach. Um, at least like the the management level doesn't. That's a good way to get yourself fired as a coach. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Trent Barrett's probably worried about that and worried about being seen as um, conceding um, the season too early. So uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think we, you know, it's whatever they've got going on at the moment isn't working for the Bulldogs. So may as well give it a shot. Yeah, interesting. And I think yeah, I think maybe as we get further into the season, uh, he may they may eventually try that um, when the season mm. is time to be given up on. Um, and then my last question now. North Queensland Cowboys, all right? A team where not many rated, and after a 4-6 loss to the, mm. the Bulldogs in the opening day, everyone was a little bit worried that this will be the worst team in that we did last. I think you just about had them ranked as the bottom yeah. team in your, in your power rankings after that first I, week. 
Yep. yep. I had him ranked uh had him ranked as the worst, the worst team, team. In, in after week so, one. Which after week one they did look like the, the worst, worst team. team again. Let's be no, honest. That, that, let's not disagree. A four six loss to the Bulldogs was never pretty. Twenty six six to the Raiders, thirty eight twelve to the Broncos, twenty eight four loss to the Roosters, which Todd Payton mm. wasn't too happy about the refereeing there. A field goal in extra time lost to the Warriors twenty five twenty four. Then beat the Raiders again and now I've just smashed my Titans. They've got a game with the Eels coming up, which I think will be massive to see where they are. But I think yeah. the Cowboys are, uh, as much as the Dragons were dark horses for the, the top eight, as we've started early season, dark horses now have to yeah. be the Cowboys, don't they? I think so. I agree with that. I, I think that this week will be a really good... Um, sorry, this week coming up, round eight, will be a really good uh, test for the Cowboys. Even if they don't win that game, as long as it's close, should sort of provide that they're, they're a top eight uh, side. And look, the, the Eels came out after losing to the Tigers and absolutely laid one on the Knights. They just, they you could tell they were pissed off for that one. There's there's going to be a little bit of a come down uh, from that. And maybe they, like the rest of us, will be underestimating uh, the Cowboys. Um, now, I don't know. I, I don't think the Cowboys will win that game. I think Parramatta should win that game. Uh, but the Eels don't have the best uh, defense in the competition and the Cowboys this last couple of weeks is starting to be to, to flip the switch a bit better. Everything started to uh, click a little bit more. So it's definitely a winnable game for the Cowboys. And I think it's a, it's a good test of what they're made of and where they ultimately sit. Yeah. Yeah. No perfect way to describe it. It is going to be a fantastic game. And um, as we get into next week, I'm sure we'll be talking about how they went and, and how that, how that game was. Mm. Uh, but that is that is NRL for week round seven minus the uh, two games tonight, which will be very interesting to see how they go. Hughes's Dragons at it again. Um, but yes, last <laughs> last thing we'll touch base on is the Formula One that happened overnight last night. Uh, that was won by Max Verstappen, um, and mm. second was uh, Chico Sergio Perez uh, for Red Bull. So one two for Red Bull. The big news was first lap, first corner. Uh, Carlos Sainz and Danny Rick, a bit of a collision. Carlos Sainz uh, for Ferrari's race over, which was already disappointing. And then Leclerc uh, having a bit of a spin uh, to drop him down when he was in the podiums too, about six or seven. Uh, we fell down to about ninth, but managed to recover a couple of spots. So at their home ground, probably not the best race for Ferrari, uh, whereas Red Bull dominated. The other big news is obviously the Mercedes. Now, George Russell did well to finish fourth. But seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton finished 13th, I believe. Mm. Um, and they're struggling. It was a massive, kind of a, a slight blow-up. I don't want to say it was a massive blow-up because it wasn't between uh, Toto Wolff, the, 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 uh, the team director, and Lewis Hamilton during practice or during qualifying. And then after the race, uh, a massive apology from Toto Wolff to giving Lewis Hamilton a undrivable car, as he put it. So... The season's already very interesting. Lewis Hamilton's doing the, the old, oh, I'm an underdog, count myself out of the championship now. If there's anything I'll ever see, yeah. it'll be somehow Mercedes turn this around and Lewis Hamilton gets a, a championship mm. win would be incredible. But I do think Formula One's in a better place now. As bad as Mercedes are going, I think if they can turn it around and, and we can have we have McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull all competing, it'd be fantastic for the sport. Yeah. I think I got it all in that quick two-minute rundown. Yeah, very it's nice. A, it's a Formula One. 
not much other news. Watch out for a video, me and QZ uh, recording, which is going to be on the NFL draft um, with a bit of a mock mm-hmm. draft. So if you are interested in American football and the NFL draft, join us for that. And then we're also going to be releasing something later this week, which was a fantasy draft between uh, New Zealand or the All Blacks and the Wallabies where we selected teams and uh, did a bit of a, a little play around with that. So if you're interested in those, mm. jump onto YouTube for that. Uh, but for now, anything else from you, Husey? No, that's that's all from me. Um, good luck to the Dragons this afternoon against the Roosters. I don't know how you could possibly be rooting for the Roosters in that one. They're the villains of the, the NRL and the Dragons, <laughs> uh, the plucky underdogs who are going to spoil their hands that day. <laughs> I'm glad you're you're hopeful, mate. Um, But for now, we will say goodbye and we'll see you next week. See ya. Peace.